Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. Hello and welcome, y'all. If you have a minute and wouldn't mind doing me a huge solid Head on over to Apple Podcasts, the link is in the description, and leave me a five-star review. This helps rank the show higher so that it gets in front of more people and more people benefit. And if you know someone who could find this episode useful, go ahead and share it with them as well. The goal of this is that people like you get help and learn something. So please, by all means, share it. Sharing is the oxygen that really grows this fire to help more people. If you are on YouTube, go ahead and leave me a comment. That also helps me out in the algorithm. I appreciate you guys so hard for taking the time to listen. None of this is possible without you. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, here we go. All right, Sarah, hello. Good morning, afternoon. Although, afternoon for me, yeah. Afternoon for you. Let me turn this up. So, if you would just give us a little introduction into who you are. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm Sarah Davis. I am across the pond in England. I um, and most known, I guess, for being a weightlifter. So I compete in Olympic weightlifting for Great Britain. And I am currently in the process of qualifying for the Olympic Games, which are obviously supposed to be happening like right now. Um, but instead of being in Tokyo, I am sat at home and the games have been um, delayed until next year. So things are a little bit kind of unsettled and uncertain, but we're kind of rolling with it. Um, and progressing as we go so yeah so how just to start how are the qualifyings different now since you are not having competitions so everything's basically just been delayed so because we were supposed to have a bunch of competitions in like April time at this year which would have been like the final qualification um, everything has basically just been pushed back Um, 12 months there was talk of some competitions happening in like November time so for us we'd have like European championships in November Um, but all the other continentals like Pan Ams and Asians have put their qualifiers in April so I think we'll just get moved back until um, April time as well which is better for us because it means we're then in line with everybody else in the world so sure so how are you training then with yeah so it's been um unsettled given like the whole COVID thing so when because we we went into like hard lockdown here in England um, and the UK so that was back in March like they closed everything basically apart from like the grocery stores Um, so everything closed down no restaurants no bars no non-essential shops like so all the clothing stores and everything closed it was literally just like 
our Walmart equivalent that was open and stuff like that. So um, when that happened, I actually moved back in with some friends that I lived with um, last year because I live in a like one bed apartment on the first floor. And in my head, I was like, yeah, you know, I can take the squat rack and the weights and I'll just set them up in my house. And and then my friends were like, don't be an idiot, like just move back in because they do kind of weightlifting, too, but just for fun. They were like, move back in with us, bring your equipment, and then we'll set it up in the garage. So then, like, I got some company and people to train with, and they got the equipment to train with, too. So it was a nice little bargain, because I think the amount of time we were in full lockdown for, like, if I'd have been here on my own, like, it would have been really tough. So, like, I'm forever thankful to those guys for letting me move back in there for, like, 10 weeks, I think it was. Um, I lived with those guys for six months last year where I was sorting out my my personal stuff which like I'm sure we'll talk about but um yeah so I moved back in there with those guys for 10 weeks and that was cool and then we got a return to elite training so like in May June time um we started to lift some restrictions but not many um like non-essential shops started to open back up and like elite athletes so like our soccer players and like people training for the olympics and stuff um they were allowed to go back to training um before the gyms generally opened so i started back training then and then as of the last two weeks our gyms have finally opened back up to the public so we've got some normality starting to resume six months later or whatever it is which yeah yeah it's been crazy and like I had to adapt my training so like when I was at my friends like I was still training but you know kind of not as hard and in in some respects it was nice because it gave me a bit of a break because I've been training so hard in like Olympic qualification and you know the physical and the mental like that goes with that like the dedication and just constantly like all day every day that's what you think about like so it was kind of nice to take my foot off the gas a little bit but the first kind of week or so I was there we still were wasn't sure what was happening with the Olympics Um, and then I'm glad I was there because then we finally kind of got the call but the issue was we only found out about the Olympics the same time as everybody else like so when it hit the mainstream media that was also when I found out which yeah was a little bit like you know not cool so like it was actually I think maybe it was mom or one of my friends that texted me and was like oh I can't believe the Olympics and I'm like wait what and then I look at my phone and it comes up on like the news app or whatever um which I think is a little bit insensitive coming from like the Olympic committee that they kind of rolled it out to them the media before the athletes that were kind of there so I had a little bit of a wobble and a bit of a cry but it was kind of like a more of a relief thing I think because it's like you don't know what everyone else in the world is getting up to like if the games would have been this year you know there's some people that are in national training centers are just locked down there and they were then still able to keep training and stuff whereas we'd have been a disadvantage and everything else so it was the best thing I think for everybody that the games got moved um yeah but things are starting to look a little bit more normal now back to like kind of normal looking training it's just difficult like having the motivation to train when you don't know when you're going to compete like because I don't although keeping fit is a nice like byproduct of what I do like it's not why I do it I do it to compete so it's kind of yeah it's a tricky one but we're managing it and you know we've had good communication with my teammates and staff to keep that kind of motivation going between us and now things are opening back up we can kind of train together a little bit more again and like support each other which is cool so it sounds like so much of that motivation comes from the team aspect too 
that must have also been hard in lockdown because you're locked down yeah. you yeah 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 so um although it's like an individual sport like you know we we are a team and there's like four of us girls that will be going to tokyo um and so in December, I moved house and I moved to this new area so that I could train with one of my teammates. Because um, before, like both of us kind of trained on our own. And um, it's really important to have that like support system. Um, and, and like she understands she's going through it. And like we're not in direct competition, which is a good thing. Like we're not in the same weight class. So we're not like competing against each other. Like we're on the journey together, working towards the same goal together. Um, and just having that support and someone that gets it and you know that you know gets the lifestyle as well like compared to kind of normal friends who like <laughs> party eat out like all that kind of stuff like yeah we do a little bit of that but it's about having someone who gets you know right. how you're relaxing time and just doing nothing and you can just kind of chill out together watch netflix eat cake yep. you, know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys are really good one of the things that that I try and think about for other people in my field is collaborators, not competitors. Yeah. So that sounds like it really works out for you because it changes the dynamic between like, oh, I, we can't be friendly. We can't learn from each other because we're competing. Instead, it's like, you're a boss. I'm a boss. Let's boss <laughs> together. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think it's something that as a team, like we've developed ourselves over the years. So for a while, me and the other two girls are actually all in the same weight class. So we were kind of the full epitome of like frenemies. Like we go yeah. away together to competitions, like, but then we compete each, against each other, but then we go out and party after together. And it's kind of like, you know, we all got along, but at the end of the day, we were competing for the same spots on, right. you know, world teams and everything like that. So now that we're all in like separate weight classes, it's kind of, it's cool. So yeah. So you moved last year. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why you moved? Yeah, so, I mean, I started weightlifting um, when I was studying at university because I met my then boyfriend, um, Jack, who was a weightlifter. And he was like, hey, why don't you give this a try? And I was like, yeah, OK, cool. Like, I wanted something to help me, like, keep fit and something to focus on because I did gymnastics as a kid and I'd stopped doing that and suddenly had all this time and didn't really know what to do with it. So. It kind of worked and it turned out I was quite good at it. So, yeah, I kind of stuck at it. And... True. <laughs> You're quite um, good. <laughs> so me and Jack dated for eight years. Um, two years ago, he asked me to marry him. And I was like, obviously, it was like, yeah, cool. Um, we just both competed at the Commonwealth Games together, which is our equivalent of like Pan Am Games for you guys. So it's like it's like the Olympics, but on a smaller scale. Um, with a bunch of countries that um, Britain used to rule. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, there's controversy around that these days, so we won't go into that too much, but- We'll just um, Commonwealth Games, skirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we both just competed there and then took an amazing holiday in Australia and he asked me to marry him. And we were supposed to get married last November. Um, and then, so after the Commonwealth Games, he moved away to study for a year and it was like, cool, like I'll stay home, like I'll take care of the dogs and the house and everything like that. Like you go study so that then you can get a job and everything else. Um, anyway, while he was away, he found somebody else and like two weeks before he moved home and like it'd be what, five months before we were supposed to get married. He was like, 
I just don't love you anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then anyway, after a lot of back and forth, it then transpired, they'd found somebody else, um, which obviously like, and that was, he told me that 10 days before um, our British championships, which was an Olympic qualifying event. Um, and which is the worst timing I think I've ever heard of. Yeah, and like he's an athlete too, so he should have like understood and like he wasn't competing there because he was injured, but even so, like, you know, you should you should know better. Um yeah. and my mom had just been diagnosed with cancer again for the second time, like, you know, a couple of weeks before that. So yeah, he picked his timing. Um and then I remember at the time he was like, Yeah, but there's never a good time, there's always a competition, or your mom's always ill and I was like the last time mom was ill was seven years ago, so don't give me that with BS. <laughs> yeah, that's um, also a super big lack of empathy there, bud. Yeah, definitely he doesn't have any empathy. Definitely a long way along that spectrum. Struggle um, empathy, clearly. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I was 10 days out from an Olympic qualifying event, and then the, the athlete in me fully took over. Like, I didn't process any of those emotions until after that competition. Um and like even he was still at the competition and I was just kind of like numb to him and was just kind of speaking to him like he was like still a friend but like you know that kind of like intimacy had been taken away and like we were yeah. cool chill with each other and um yeah I somehow still managed to pull out a personal best and a British record <laughs> mom turned up to watch like three days <laughs> out quite good at lifting you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um mom turned up so she, she knew everything was going on she just had a full hysterectomy like four days earlier I'm like why are you here like you should be in a hospital bed her baby needs her <laughs> exactly fine. you go mom <laughs> so yeah wow. did the British and then a week later we were due to go on holiday me and Jack with some of our friends um actually to his parents place out in Spain and once his parents found out, which I had to tell them because he didn't have the balls to tell them himself. Um, yeah, and he was scared to go see his parents because he thought his dad would beat him up, which, yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> which he have deserved, I'm just saying. Yep. Um, and his parents were really sweet and they still are with me even now. Um, so me and Jack were supposed to go like for 10 days and our friends were gonna go for a week or whatever. But his dad changed all the flights and he booked me onto like a flight with my friends so that we could all go out together. That's... And it wasn't until I was there that I kind of really started to like process that emotion and like fully hit like the heartbreak diet because into the into the British Championships, like I knew I had to be fueling my body. I knew I had to be doing everything to give myself the best chance of keeping my Olympic spot, basically. So right. the athlete in me took over on that. And then once that was done, and like the next competition we would have had was like three, four months later. Mm -hmm. So that there was no major pressure straight away. And that's when like the wheels fell off. Um, and like, I just ended up getting really skinny and everything else. Um, but in that time, um, Lance slid into my DMs and um, said hello, <laughs> which was kind of one of those things that at the time I was like, this is a cool distraction, but you know, didn't expect anything of it. And then I was kind of like, I need to get my head back in the weightlifting game. Like after my wheels fell off, I was like, oh, I know some people in like in North Carolina. I'm going to send them a message and see if I can go train at their gym. And then that's when I ended up coming to visit you guys too. Um, so 
yeah, I then booked myself on a, a flight to the States for five, six weeks, whatever it was, yeah. um, to get myself back on track and to gain some body weight again. And if you need to gain body weight, like America's the place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're number one in something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so true. There's something... Um, there's a couple things I want to do with that. One, it is wild to hear about you just like hopping to other countries from someone in the U.S. Because I can literally hop on a plane for seven hours and still be in the U.S. Like I'm still in the United States. I'm just in Nevada now. And I'm not even at the end of the U.S. Just <laughs> most, I'm like three quarters of the way there. So that's insane. They're like, oh, I just popped on over to Spain. Like, what? That is so cool. Yeah, so that's um, like a two-hour flight for us. You could drive pretty much the length of the British Isles in seven hours without the traffic. If I drive seven hours, I'm not even down to the bottom of Florida. <laughs> like, I'm in Orlando if I drive south, which is still like six hours. So that's that's wild to me. Um, the other thing is what you said about really, like, shutting down when you got the news is so, so common because if you don't – like side trauma note for everyone listening, since this is mental health, when you don't have the ability or space to process something, you don't. Your brain does this awesome thing where it protects you and it's like, whoa, this, this does not exist. It's not going to exist. I, nope, nope, nope. That's basically what it does. And then when you have the time to process it, sometimes it can hit harder and it usually does because you didn't get that initial flow of processing to kind of like release that pressure valve. So it just hits you like a ton of bricks. So so thank goodness that you had the space to do it because had you had back-to-back competitions, yeah. I mean, who knows? It may have been the same. It may I have mean, been. I still think that like in some capacity, I still did that. So from so it all started happened around like the end of May, early June. And I wouldn't say that I'd fully processed it until like the new year. Like so after that like because obviously me and Jack lived together and everything so I moved in with the friends I was talking about and but then I kept myself busy so like I went to the states for six weeks I then we had the world championships in Thailand for two weeks and then October I went and visited my friend friend in Switzerland December I was in Canada for three weeks like I fully kind of you know kept myself busy because I felt like that was kind of the right thing to do in some respect yeah. And obviously, like, it was, I still had my bumps along the way where I, it, I'd be hit with emotion. But then it wasn't until, like, December when I moved here and, like, I moved to a new area. Like, I knew some people here because I knew people from the gym. But then I'm suddenly, like, in an apartment on my own and it's quiet. And that was when I was like, okay, like, this <laughs> is my life now. Like, yeah. it's all fun, like, traveling and stuff. Obviously, that's just not sustainable long term and like obviously I'd processed it over time and you know kept myself distracted with stuff and everything else but um yeah I wouldn't say it was until kind of like January time that I'd fully you know found myself again and like remembered who I was because where Jack was a lifter as well and like we used to run our business together it was very much like Jack and Sarah like I'd lost just Sarah um which is you know and you know when you're in a relationship that happens but where we had you know the business together like our job our hobby like whatever you want to class weightlifting as for us like it became that one thing and like when it came to sponsorships and stuff like it's only now that I'm separate from it I'm like actually I think that was you know kind of 
put companies off almost from sponsoring me because it was like a, a package deal and like they weren't really in it for that. Um, yeah. But what was quite interesting was one of his friends reached out to me a little while ago to get some weightlifting help. And this is someone that he went to school with and he messaged me and I was like, that's odd. Like, cause why would you pay me when you thought you could go to like your school friend and they'd do it for free. And he messaged me and he was like, can you help me with this? And then he was like, oh yeah, by the way, like, um, I did always wonder what would happen when you became more successful than him. And I was like, like for his friend to say that, like, this is a guy I've only met like twice. Yeah. And he just like popped up in my messages and, and I was like, you know what, for someone's friend to to say that, like to acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was a big part of it is he'd be, a lot for the longest time he was a successful one. And yeah. then it started to switch gears and he just didn't know what to do with it. So doesn't excuse the behavior. Yeah, sucks for him though, but like <laughs> you know <laughs> Then he got injured and my mum went, Calm's a bitch. <laughs> Oh, poor guy. People, so I I struggle with people who struggle to process like big emotions like that, like jealousy and feeling inadequate and and all of those things. And it's it's hard. And I try very hard to take the empathetic route and say, like growing up, but man, that must be so hard for you. Like, but people always have a choice, I think. And 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 we'll leave it there because I, I want to pivot. Um, but like people have a choice to feel insecure or feel inadequate or whatever's coming up for them. And then to say, why do I feel this way? Where is this coming from for me? Because that's not about you, right? Like that's about how they feel. And so many people, and this is what I teach all day long, like other people's emotions aren't about you and your emotions aren't about other people. They may trigger it. They may spark it, but it's about you. So that's telling you where you need something, you need validation or you need reassurance or whatever. But so many people are really not taught to look at it and say, huh, that's information my emotions are trying to give me. Like I need help there. I need care there. And they just like throw it at other people. And it does such a huge disservice to people because then they're just kidnapped by their emotions all day long. And then then they act like buttheads and it's like not, and it's not helpful. Like I've done it. I've been there. Yeah. Everybody's been there. We're all human. And it, it makes me sad for people because they're, had he been taught differently, yeah. it would be very different. So it sounds like through that space you really had, and I'm not surprised that it took a lot of alone time to really process. Cause that's usually what it takes. Um, you had to come out and be like, holy shit, who the hell am I? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> what do I want? What does my life look like now? Because when you're with someone for that long, of course, and you're going to get married and girl, been there, done that. Like you build a life together. Yeah. So suddenly like, that person's removed. We started dating like when I was like 18, 19. So between that age and what was I like 26, 27, when we split like that summer, like there's a, a lot of change that goes on like in yourself. And I think, you know, he maybe realized that when he moved away, but I was still living like our life in our house with our dogs. And then he moved yeah. away and was like, there's another world out there. Right. Um, which, you know, has now given me that chance to do. And I'm definitely like happier now. And it's one of those things that like everything does happen for a reason. And, you know, there's there's someone out there that now, you know, cares for me like I've I've never known. Um, because what I've... <laughs> 
because what I'd known before, like that was all I'd I'd known pretty right. much, like my only real serious relationship, and for a very long time. So that's what you think is real, and then you go, actually, like there is like that like that whole fairy tale thing out there, like that someone is gonna put you first. And although like Jack and I had, you know, we were both weightlifters, we were both working towards the same goal, like where he'd always done it and then I picked it up like he always came first so although we were working towards the same things it was all very much like him and his injuries and like everything else and what he wanted to do came before like what I wanted to do whereas now I've got someone who's like what do you need me to do like I'll do it like whatever else um so do you yeah, think you're um actually lifting better now uh yeah I'd say so because before like um so Jack used to like coach me as well, which made right. a, a whole different relationship dynamic even more difficult. But I've now moved down here. So I'm training with Emily, who is good for me anyway. But I'm training at a gym where our national coach is based and another one of the coaches. So like technically I've made good changes. Um, yeah, it's definitely like made me a better athlete as well. And I think not only physically, because I've got a better training environment and better coaches and everything else, but like mentally like that ability now to just shut stuff off and like you know be there be present in that moment on the platform where I need to lift the weight but with everything that I went through with with him and obviously mum was sick at the time and going through treatment and everything as well like my lifting definitely got worse for a while because obviously like life has to take a focus and things and get human. yeah exactly under that much stress you just can't perform at peak levels it's not yeah like and I was still going into the gym and doing my training but it was more like going through the motions rather than you know like purposeful movement yeah Um, but yeah I've definitely come out of the other side of it like physically and mentally a better athlete which is which is cool so when I go boss it at the Olympics I'll be like thanks Jack (laughs) I couldn't have done this with you but thanks Sarah right like he that breakup has its place in your story, but you're the one who gets you through all of those things. Like, and again, this is where choice comes in. Like when we're hurt, when something happens, you can stay there. And plenty of people choose to stay in their trauma until it becomes too unbearable, which then they're like, Hey man, I need counseling. And it's like, what up? Um, But I see adults all the time who are so obviously, in their trauma. Hello, my ex-husband, like he made that choice. He made the choice to stay in his trauma instead of heal. And lots of other adults do that too. And it's always a choice because healing is hard. Like girl, we're going to talk about that in five seconds. Like what it takes to get yourself through all of that pain and on the other side of it is not easy, but also staying in that trauma space is so hard. So like dude, hell yeah, you for like choosing to do it. That's, that's awesome. And it sounds like part of part of what helped you was your mom showing up for you like four days after a hysterectomy, like, put your mom on that Olympic stage. <laughs> that's crazy. And that you had this kind of built in support system, because I'm sure you may have, you may have lost some people from the weightlifting world. I don't know. But maybe others were like, oh, come, come, we like, we still want, we want to connect. The thing that was most surprising is obviously like, it was, it was his world before it was my world. Like he'd been lifting a lot longer than me. And, you know, therefore he had a, a much longer time connection with a lot of people in the, in the weightlifting world. But when it all transpired, it kind of, 
it was surprising how many people not like took my side but people who were there for me and like kept ringing to check on me like some of the like proper old school coaches that like are based down in London which is where he's from like they were calling me every week like hey how you doing and then like even when I was out in the states they were like texting me to check on me and you know everything else and that was kind of surprising and then the thing that and Emily the girl I train with now she was saying like when it all happened she was like you'll be surprised now how many people who before you weren't really sure what they thought of you are actually like on your team because they were it was actually him that they weren't kind of sure about and then you know I kind of got pulled into that with it um so yeah I mean I've been really really fortunate that you know I've kept the biggest part and potentially even like grown my support system um because like I said I came out to the states and you know I had connections there that have now become like friendships there and stuff so yeah it's you know it's a it's a big thing that I've actually managed to grow that and I feel now I feel like it is my world whereas I think before I always felt like I was a little bit in his shadow whereas now like I feel like I have earned my spot in that thing like obviously it always was but I I never saw it whereas it actually allowed me to see like you know I am this top athlete and I do belong in this world and it is and it is my world (laughs) you're good at it (laughs) I think like and again that wasn't about him you felt inadequate you felt like you didn't belong and sometimes the universe gives us what we need but in like really painful ways and you're like like I had proper like imposter syndrome before like girl yeah so which is wild because you're you have been a top athlete for a number of years, right? Yeah. So, so hello, like PSA to everyone. I don't know, oh, public service announcement. That's what that means. To everyone who like feels a little bit of imposter syndrome, Sarah does too, and she's a total badass. <laughs> like, <laughs> welcome to just life. And I do too, right? So it took me two months to ask someone to like interview on my podcast and girl bless you for saying yes I appreciate you when I see you in person whatever you want I'll just give it to you Um, within reason don't get crazy but like it took me months to be like who the hell is gonna listen to me like they'll listen to you you're you know Britain's taught like you do that you do the beauty pageants you're like freaking awesome and then I was like self first of all maybe everyone will hate you but like other people do podcasts, so you can probably do a podcast. And it's like other people lift, other people follow their dreams. The only difference is they were like, well, if I look stupid, I look stupid. And it's fine. So, yeah. Like, I get messages from people like, I don't know how you do what you do. And I'm like, I started lifting the little weights too. Like, you know, it's just that progression. Like, and people <laughs> I, are always like, I can't believe you replied. To, they're like, I can't believe you replied to your message. And I'm like, of course I replied, like, I'm a human being. <laughs> you know, like, honestly, I still think that, too, though. Sometimes I message Instagrammers, I'm like, you're so dope, whatever, and she'll, they'll message back, and I'm just like, I'm famous. <laughs> but that's the thing, I'm like, if I message somebody, like, I'd expect a reply, like, it's just, like, if you walk past someone in the street and say, hey, how you doing, like, you expect a reply, like, you know, I don't Unless know, I was brought up with good manners. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're in New York City, then we don't Yeah, London, London's the same, so... <laughs> That's actually something I had to get used to in North Carolina is like strangers will talk to you. Yeah. Bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> so I'd be at the grocery store and people would say hi and I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> don't talk to me. But then I'm like, oh, it's like a weird southern thing that you people do. 
Yeah. So. See, and here, here it's the north. Like everyone in the north is friendly. So yeah. Like, like a, a switch of you guys. Oh. Yeah. Funny. And you guys have like cows and stuff, kind of like the south here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like it. Lots of cows. <laughs> we actually have one cow right now that belongs to someone else that just hangs out with our horses all day long. She just like refuses to go back home. And I'm just oh. like, all right. <laughs> they don't seem to mind. So I'm like, we, it's fine. She's very cute. She's like brown. She has little big old ears. Like she's adorable. I feel like I need a photo of this later. <laughs> the cow. I will stalk her for you and send it and put it on my Instagram and everyone can like comment on my little picture of our, what's it called? Vagabond cow? I guess she's like a hitchhiker cow, whatever. She's like, I don't like them bitches. I'm going to be with horses. <laughs> That's fine. Um, let me see. So you do, we have not talked about your pageant life. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of fell into pageants. So I was working. Um, like you fell into weightlifting? <laughs> huh? Like you fell into weightlifting? Just Yeah, yeah, basically. Maybe. Both of them just kind of found me. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I was working in a pub when I was a student, um, just to, you know, bring in the money. Um, it's very English, isn't it? When I said pub, then I realized that's not really a thing for you guys, but. It's a, a bar, guys. <laughs> But like a proper old man bar, you know, like a proper old man, like country bar, like that kind of place. But without are the, the cool, creepy like, like they are here. Huh? Are the old men creepy like they are here sometimes? Yeah. 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 Oh, so that's the same everywhere. Yeah. Just without the cowboy boots and country music. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Anyway, I was working there and there was an advert for the local like pageant in like a magazine thing that kind of got circulated around. And the people that were there were like, you should enter. And I'm like, nah, that's that's not me. Um, <laughs> anyway, I succumbed to peer pressure and put an entry in. Next thing you know, I've got through to the finals. And yeah. And I was like, hey, this is fun. I get to wear a pretty dress and all that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of different. Then I ended up winning. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm quite good. <laughs> so then I went to the Miss England final which is like a four day final. So that's like the equivalent of like Miss United States for you guys. Cause it then progresses yeah. to like Miss World. So I went to the Miss England final and was fully like out of my depth. I was like, I do not belong here. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. And these girls, those women had been doing it for like the pageant circuit is they normally start when they're quite young. Yeah, I mean, they don't start quite as young here. We don't really have the same, like, depth in pageants, which is strange because pageants originate in the UK, but you guys do it better than us. So it's kind of like, ah, okay. Um, but, yeah, they've been doing it for, like, four years, and they keep going back to try and get the title and, like, everything else. And I'm just, like, they're, like, a complete rookie, like, no idea what I'm doing. I remember, like, mom and dad came to watch the final. So it was, like, I was there for four days, and it was, like, two days of shows. And I text mom like on day two and I was like, mom, I'm starving. Bring me snacks. Because <laughs> it was like proper like what you'd expect, like pageant girl portions. And, yeah. You know, like, I'm not about this life. These thighs need real food. Yeah. <laughs> so that was in like 2012. So my weightlifting and pageants kind of started around the same time. That's so great. Um, yeah. So Did you hire a coach. You had a pageant coach as well. No, so pageant coaches really have only become like a thing here in the last like two, three years. Like we've started kind of emulating what you guys did. So I was flying by the seam of my pants. Like I did, 
<laughs> I did not know what I was in for. You know what? Honestly, sometimes I think that's the best way to do things. You're like, fuck it. We'll just see how far I can get. And it's like pretty far, apparently. Yeah. So like I went to the missing and final, like I didn't place there, but I kind of didn't expect to like I had you know, my dress wasn't really like a pageant kind of dress. Like, I thought it was a cool dress, but then you get there and you're like, everyone else is wearing a different kind of dress. But <laughs> I had short hair at the time, which obviously isn't like pageant hair, like all this kind of stuff. So um, so that was that. And I kind of thought like, cool, I've done a Miss England final. Like, that's going to be it for me. And then they say you get bitten by the pageant bug. And I was like, nah. <laughs> and then I found myself like a year later in another pageant. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I kind of realized that, you know, before I had the stereotypical view of pageants and it's like pretty girls and they just walk around in dresses and there's not much else to it. But I kind of realized that it made a cool platform for me to put myself out there as a role model. Because um, when I did gymnastics as a kid, like I was bullied in high school for being muscly because, I mean, I had like an eight pack and pecs at like 12 like years old, which... <laughs> isn't normal as a girl um and obviously if you do something that's slightly not normal as a kid in high school then you know it's picked on which so I was kind of like you know what I'm musclier now than I've ever been I'm happier in my body now than I've ever been like I'm gonna put myself out there so that you know 11 12 year old me can you know even if I make a difference to one person like (laughs) so yeah so I kind of did that and you know it's something cool to do you know, away from weightlifting, because the way I see it now is like weightlifting is my job, like it's no longer my hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and pageants kind of give me like a hobby again, and they give me hobbies like, winning titles. That's <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> but like it kind of gives me something to like take me away from weightlifting a little bit, and like it put me out of my comfort zone too, because mm-hmm. I used to be really bad at small talk, especially with people I had nothing in common with. So like you know pageant orientation you walk into a room of 60 girls who you like chances of one of another one of them picking up a weight and doing weightlifting like I do is pretty slim (laughs) so like yeah forcing myself to learn how to make you know small talk conversation with new people and become more comfortable because it it used to petrify me walking into orientation but like I was like you know what this scares me that means I gotta keep doing it so that you know I become more comfortable doing it please Uh, shirt 100% if it scares you I just read that oh I need to remember where I read things but my ADHD brain doesn't work all the time (laughs) if it scares you it's a calling it's the right thing to step into because you wouldn't be scared if it was in your comfort zone yeah exactly the more you grow the more your comfort zone grows and then the more like girl hell yes sorry keep going yes um and obviously like I look different to all these pageant girls too like you know, they're all like really nice and slim or whatever. And I've got these like biceps sticking out of my dress. Like, <laughs> or like, wait, I'll rip you in half. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm in orientation, like not even 10 minutes. And someone will have said something about my butt. Like, they're like, how do I get a butt like yours? Or can I just say your butt's really nice? Weirdest <laughs> one. And this is from a, another like female pageant girl. She's like, can I touch your butt? <laughs> I was like, um, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> You know what's so funny is I, I'm one of those people that likes to touch. So I touch clothes a lot. So I would be that weird girl and I'd be like, can I touch the butt? Can I touch the butt? And then they would be weirded out like you. So I'm glad there's other weirdos like me that are I mean, touch the butt. My butt has basically become an icebreaker now. So I know I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, whatever. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Um, but pageant girls are 
support causes. They do work in the community. They're like, and I love that you, you kind of have a dichotomy between something very traditionally masculine that now thank God more women are getting, um, cause there's always been women, but like a lot more women being recognized as yeah. top athletes, as weightlifters, which you know better than I do. Um, and doing something so traditionally feminine. Like, I love that you're just on totally end of the spectrum. And then like in real life, you're kind of in the middle. Yeah. Cause that's the thing, like, and it became a thing because when it came to like media and sponsor opportunities and stuff, like the two worked really well together because yeah. There's a million other Olympic athletes out there who are doing what I'm doing. But when it comes to advertising for campaigns and stuff, mm-hmm. you're not going to find another pageant girl to do it. And it's right. the same the other way with the pageant stuff. It's like, OK, this girl, like she's different, like, you know, and she can do something. And at the end of the day, like pageants are businesses. And as a title holder, you're their number one advertising campaign. Like that's your job at the end of the day is to is to advertise for that business and to make the most of you can in your job role as, right. as their queen. So, yeah, and like, so I was supposed to compete this summer in Vegas and it was an international pageant, but it's like mainly US based and there's some sure. international in it and their whole like philosophy. So it's, it's a Ms. division. So it's like 26 and up. So it's for women who have like been married or they've got kids or they're just, you know, like me, a bit too old to be but their whole thing is like um, elegance and enterprise. So it's about like women who are doing stuff for business and a bunch of them have their own businesses or their own like nonprofit or both, or they're like okay. military. Like there's some badass women, like it's pretty cool. Oh yeah. And to like have that support is cool too, because obviously I get, I get my weightlifting support and everything, but then to have all these pageant girls, like when I was, you know, I competed. Um, so that was the thing before the, the British when everything went up with Jack and then competed in the British on the Saturday and then the Sunday was my pageant handover so like I was crowning that my like successor yeah and I remember being on stage and like you know a few people knew I'd been through my director obviously knew what was going on and like I had to get up on that stage and I had to smile and I had to look pretty and like that was harder than lifting at the British especially because like I saw my director in the crowd and I remember in my swimsuit because I screw up my walk a little bit because I see my director and she just gives me this really nice, like, sympathetic smile. And I nearly burst into tears, like, on the stage. <laughs> like, don't be sympathetic right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, afterwards, everyone's like, oh, my God, like, you've never looked so good on stage. Like, you looked insane. And I'm like, well, I just made weight. So I'm, like, <laughs> a lot leaner than I'd normally be. Yeah. And also, like, I had no choice. Otherwise, I would have cried up there. And then I cried like a baby in my handover speech because I was like, you guys are amazing and you've supported me so much. And yeah. Do that women, having a group of like really supportive women hits so different. Yeah. Like, like dudes can support all day long, but not like women. Yeah. Like, and that's sorry, the thing, like, not as good. <laughs> people are always like, a pageant's as bitchy as you expect them to be. I'm like, no, they're the opposite. Like it's a bunch of women who are doing badass stuff. Like, I know women who are like doctors, dentists, lawyers, like setting up their own businesses, like all of this kind of stuff. And everyone like supports everybody. Like at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's down to the judges on the day who wins. And you could have the same bunch of girls do the same interview, the same routines, everything else. But a different set of judges would pick a different winner. Like because it's just that's what it comes down to. But it's a celebration of like of feminism. And you get all these like 
bra burning feminists that are like pageants are like a you know all of this kind of stuff but actually if they spent time around pageants and see the stuff that goes on behind the scenes like you said the amount of money they raise for charities and stuff like is it's crazy yeah and it's like crazy. it's one of those things that like you always go yeah I should do more charity work and I'm like pageants actually make me do it and I know that's kind of like I shouldn't need something to make me do it but it's kind of like a win-win because I'm like I get something out of it like those in need get something out of it like everyone kind of you know makes we me do all volunteer all day long but like life gets in the way <laughs> so, yeah exactly no, that's true but yeah that is dude that is so dope so are you a title holder right now I'm assuming those are all on hold of course yeah so I am the current international most great Britain so I was supposed to compete in Vegas last month um <laughs> I should have done it with my crown on shouldn't I right um, <laughs> yes <laughs> next interview we're wearing a crown i don't have crown a, a medal i'll get a burger king crown and <laughs> very american of me i'll just get a burger king crown <laughs> um so yeah finals were supposed to be last month and i'm kind of waiting just to find out like, <clears throat> if, like when they're going to be rearranged too because basically i didn't enter a pageant for this year because of the olympics i was like olympics is my focus Olympics got cancelled. I was like, okay, like, let me find a system. And I've been looking at the system for a little while because um, I actually met the current queens, like, last year. And I was like, that looks like a cool system for me. And I, so the Olympics got cancelled. I was like, okay, like, it'll give me something to focus on this summer. Sure. And then, obviously, COVID hit even harder. And it was like, well, there goes that. So hopefully, like, finals get rearranged to a time that I can do them. Um, I mean, my ideal would be post-Olympics because... I'm hoping to move stateside post-Olympics anyway. Um, so <laughs> we will we'll see how that goes. But yeah, hopefully finals are post-Olympics so that I can still compete. If not, I'm going to have to kind of defer another year or two. So. If you move stateside, can you still lift for Great Britain or would you then be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. I can still lift. So if oh. I move, like I'll be moving to study. So I'll only be on like an international student visa. Because okay. um, to actually like... To lift for the states I'd have to like go for everything and get my green card and like all of that kind of stuff and be a full resident so that's like even if I was to try and do all that process that's like a whole and it'll take you a decade yeah <laughs> and cost you like grand so yeah so one of my teammates actually moved out to Australia a couple years ago because her husband got a job out there but she still lifted for us and everything it's just um it might be like if it makes travel much more expensive I might have to you know get myself to the UK first and then travel from there but yeah it like people do it and like athletes train in different countries all the time and stuff so yeah cool so tell us about because we're we're at like 45 minutes right now um you're a gem by the way so tell us about like what you're doing for the future um moving stateside like what you want to do for school and then we can get into like how do they contact you how do people work with you how do they like follow you on Instagram, which plug everyone should because you're awesome. So everyone follows Sarah. She's freaking great. And she responds to your messages like she was saying earlier. <laughs> Won't ignore you. So yeah, so what are you doing now? Plans for the future? Obviously yeah. like boss bitching it all day long. Um, so like I said, me and Jack used to run a business together like in the split, like I took that. It's now fully my business. Um, Cause I was doing- Okay girl, like, hello. <laughs> I just you opening the door in like a feather robe and you're like, it's mine now. You know, those like 
you know, probes, they're like, what husband? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I run weightlifting coaching like online. So I write people's programs and then give them video feedback, um, which is kind of cool because I've got like athletes everywhere all over the world now, which is awesome. Um, Do you work with non-athletes? Like if I wanted to hire you? It's not something that I do right now but it's something that like if someone contacted me I'd do it but it's not something that like I advertise because okay. I'm a qualified nutritionist too so like <laughs> okay awesome yeah so I can kind of help people with all sides of it um and that kind of stuff and um business is growing so you know it is something that I want to look into eventually um so at the minute I'm kind of focusing my attention on coaching with coaches so like here although you can do like your official qualifications like through British weightlifting as like the governing body it's not that great so I've kind of developed like a CPD program for coaches so even if they've been coaching a little while like they can come and like it's an online course thing um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. And basically, like longer term, I see myself like working in sport, but in like a kind of more managerial role. So working for like the International Weightlifting Federation or the Olympic Committee or something like that. So basically, I'm gonna go back to school and do my master's degree in like sports management. Uh, so I'm actually a qualified PE teacher, like sport teacher. That's what I did at uni and taught for a couple of years until I turned into a full-time athlete. So, so it's a little bit of a change in like direction, um, sure. which took the parents a while to get their head around. Um, cause sure. you know, teaching is a safe job and you get a pension and like you're looked after, you know, like all of these kind of things. Unless you're in the U S in which case, mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, not well looked after here, but, but yeah, I think it's really hard. That's a generational thing. Um, yeah. Especially if your parents have like like quote unquote normal jobs and they they don't they yeah, are like entrepreneurs. Mum was a That's, teacher, dad was an accountant, like you so know they were normal. normal jobs. So they've always been concerned at me running my own business. But now do they're they like, don't work, huh? Because you do. Do they think you don't work because you do everything on the computer? Correct. Oh my god, my dad does that all day long. He says, "What do you do all day?" And I said, "I work." He says, "You doesn't you don't work. You're at home." And I'm like, "What?" But I think it's taken like, so I've been moved out of home for like 10 years now. And, you know, like I've, since I left, uni, like, since I graduated uni like seven years ago, I've not asked for anything from them, like financially. Yeah. And I think they finally realized seven years later that I'm actually self-sufficient and like, you know. You make money, you pay your bills. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the thought of going stateside, I think mom, it never surprised mom like I thought it would because she kind of saw it coming like as a kid, like I thought about going to American scholarship for uni because I was mm -hmm. playing golf at the time. Was oh. quite good at that too. <laughs> was quite good. Won all the championships. I was I was quite good. Um You're so, so like of all of us to kind of fly the nest, she kind of expected it from me, but I've not made it that far yet. So she's kinda of not surprised by that one and is supportive, which is cool. Um very so, yeah. awesome. mom like ride or dies for you. <laughs> F my uterus, I'm going to watch her lift. <laughs> Get it, mom. Um, but yeah, coming stateside would be cool because like you guys, like sport holds a much bigger like place in people's lives than it does here. So like 
the sponsorship opportunities are greater like when I was there last summer I had a couple of like sponsorship opportunities and then they realized I wasn't UK like US based and they were like oh like there's not much we can do if you're based in the UK and I'm like okay kind of get that um on there though I'm doubling my price (laughs) (laughs) so like it would be better for me from that point of view from a business point of view it'd be good too and then also like training wise so like I said there's the guys up in North Carolina I can visit there's some like I'm looking at going to Austin there's a cool gym down there like you know the the opportunities it just seems the right time and the right thing to do um so we're gonna roll with it it sounds like something that you've really mastered is having like so I think of it as like when the universe knocks you answer the door obviously you know just like I don't I don't want to universe so it sounds like when you get an idea and you're intuitive about it you're just like well this is what we're doing now like this must be right because it's on my heart which I think so many people ignore and then they end up leading a life for other people because you could listen to your parents that's a choice and be like oh yeah like you're right I, I should get a safe job and blah 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 but then you your life wouldn't be your own yeah so Girl, hell yeah for you being a testament to being like, no, this is what I want. I may I may fail. It may not work out, but I feel like it's going to work out. So I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. Like, and that's one thing, like, obviously I've been moving out there to, like, stay with Lance, my now boyfriend. Am I too old to have a boyfriend? Does he become a partner? Like, what age does that happen? <laughs> I call them partners because I feel like boyfriends should be your partner. So that's just a term that I use. Plus, I like to confuse conservatives where I'm like, my partner. And they're like, should I judge you? And I'm like, so I don't know. Should you? (laughs) Sorry for the conservatives listening. I also love you. But it's a fun fun game that I play. So I say partner because I'm like, they should be your partner. Like, that's what they should do. So that's just what I say. But you, you do you, boo. But yeah, like he's he's done a bit of learning recently on like the whole like universe thing. He's like, I want to do this. And he's like, but people think I should do this. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And what's going to make you happy? He's like this. And I'm like, well, do this. Do this. Yeah, I always say like, let people die mad about things. Like literally die mad. I, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like I wanted to, I live in North Carolina, right? So when I wanted to move here, people were like, well, why are you going to North Carolina? And I'm like, I don't know. This is where I want to go there. That's where I want to go. And so I'm going. It took me two years to get here, but that's because I was, it took me two years to find my farm. So for two years, I was like, I'm going to North Carolina. That's what I'm doing. The timing just wasn't right. And people are like, well, why'd you move from Florida? And they get very confused when I'm like, I wanted to live in North Carolina. That's it. <laughs> Universe was like, hey, bitch, go to North Carolina. And I was like, got you that's where nice. I'm gonna live in their best life too oh yeah and my parents well my parents were like perpetually well my dad is is braver than my mom so he's always like yeah I think you're nuts but like 100% ride or die for you and my mom is because she's cautious so she's like well what about what abouts and I'm just like I I don't care about those and <laughs> my mom bless her always says like you'll never go hungry and you can always come back home so now they chase goats all day long and they're like living their best freaking life <laughs> and ducks. We have little ducks right now that always, cause they can fly. Right. So they just hop yeah. the fence and like live in my yard. They're, it's our best life. It's time. <laughs> but had I listened to other people, I wouldn't be here. Had you listened to people who were like, girls can't lift. You look like a man, blah, blah, blah. Whatever people say about that crap. Oh, yeah. People still say that crap. Oh yeah. Like die mad. Feel free to take that. Um, <laughs> You would be, your life would not be your own and 
anyway, that's a whole other like podcast episode, but that's something that I think people don't know how to do. So I love that by doing it, you give them permission to do it also. Yeah. Which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So yeah, I like ran out of things now and we're at an hour, which if you're still with us, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So where do people find you? We will end up. Oh, yeah. That's what we went to. So on on Instagram, I'm at Sarah D underscore GB. Um, I have a little blue tick and everything. I still don't know how that got there. People are like, how'd you get a blue tick? I'm like, I don't know. It just turned up one day. S-A-R-A-H. Right? Okay. Sarah G underscore GB. Sarah D. So like for Davis. Underscore GB. I know your last name. I'm just (laughs) silly. (laughs) <laughs> Davis nope Sarah D like Davis underscore GB okay yeah. and if they are weightlifters and they want to hire you they just shoot you a message yeah shoot me a message the link on there is for my business too which is um wisdom for weightlifting which is the number four um yeah we've got I've got a cute little owl logo now like I did a whole rebrand of the business like I kept the name so I was like people know the name of the business but we did a whole rebrand cool new logo everything else and then our goals yeah and then I'm trying to set up like a YouTube channel and post stuff more frequently which is kind of hard when there's nothing going on in the world right now but um I'm the barbell queen on there so the barbell queen on YouTube yeah so Sarah G Jesus Sarah D underscore GB on Instagram the barbell queen on YouTube and wisdom number four weightlifting dot com com.com okay so lots of ways to get in touch with you um so yeah subscribe to our youtube channel y'all like go follow literally your instagram is awesome because you're just like lifting all these heavy things and i'm like what is life you're so good so lifting heavy things and then i'm like hey look here's a dog or like or your little cardinal y'all sarah has this little like fat cardinal (laughs) that she's been feeding who is like so persistent and angry with her if she's not feeding him so if you're interested in birds at all which if you're not get a life and be interested in birds people go watch her her instagram for this little fat cardinal can you please make him a little crown like i would stick a little crown on the window so when he like eats he's like (laughs) i will love you forever yeah so awesome yeah dogs weightlifting occasionally i'm like hey here's a good picture of me like naked lifting weights that i did for a campaign which was kind of fun I'm really, I'm only there for the naked pictures. Like, <laughs> you should do two little five pounds and then like a little five pound at your hoo-ha. <laughs> that would be, listen, I am going to forget counseling. I'm just going to, I'm going to do photo shoots for a living now. That's there it. That because is. the cardinal is brilliant and so was that idea. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You can take those. They're free. Thanks. appreciate it. Awesome. So, Yeah. Well, all right. We've never ended a podcast interview before. So here we go. Like, (laughs) thank you for agreeing to be interviewed. You are awesome. You are doing dope things. Literally go follow her people. Don't know why I'm yelling like into the void. Go follow her. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's it. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye. All right. Let me stop recording on this thing. Hang on. Stop recording.